0: The Carolina Panthers are in a better spot now having Baker Mayfield as their quarterback, but does it make them a playoff team? Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas, sitting in for Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80, and streaming live on ESPN+. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin at hdouglas83. You can also Join in the conversation. Let us know what you think about the trade. The Cleveland Browns executed with the Carolina Panthers, sending Baker Mayfield to Carolina after a whole tumultuous offseason of mutual interest, mutual disinterest. Now Baker Mayfield has a new home. Will it work out? Is this a place where he can resurrect his career? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Taking your calls here Throughout the show on the CC call-in line, this is a nice day for me and Harry, we're actually like Four feet away from each other, We're right now. Right in now. front of one another. This is my second show at ESPN Radio that I've done with my co host in the same room, breathing the same filtered air as me. So, this is nice. It's actually my second Candy and Carlin show I've done that. This is um, not a, r- it's a rare occurrence, but um, you and I did first take this morning. This yep. was the topic du jour, and it will be until we find out what Baker Mayfield looks like within that offense in Carolina. We know in hearing from from Carolina people over the last 24 hours or so that there's going to be a quarterback competition, which you expect between Sam Darnold, who they traded for a year ago, and Baker Mayfield, who they have now, and and we'll see what the dynamics of that end up becoming, but when you look at this big picture-wise... What do you think the Carolina Panthers—like, what is their ceiling with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback this year?
1: Well, I know what it's not. It is definitely not the playoffs, so I would start off by saying that. But I, I think the Carolina Panthers actually got a slight bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Uh, I can never sit up here and, and vouch for a guy at one point who said on national TV that he is seeing ghosts during one of the big the big games that they were playing when he was with the Jets, and I think they were playing the Patriots at the time. Um, when you look at a guy like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, since 2018, they are number one and number two in passes interceptions. I'll say passes thrown uh, that resulted in interceptions. So the first thing for those two guys is that you have to be able to take care of the football. Mm-hmm. And we've seen 13 interceptions from Baker Mayfield last year uh, against 17 touchdowns. And that's just not the ratio you want. Granted, he was hurt. He had a torn label. But here's my thing about a lot of people that keep saying he has a torn label. You're out there. You're out there. Mm-hmm. You can't just say he had a torn label. when and it wasn't
0: in his throwing shoulder. Yeah. To be fair, then, just like looking it, at
1: semantics. then when he's playing when he's playing bad, you can't mention the torn label. But then when he's playing good, because he did have that game against Cincinnati where he threw for 200 plus and two touchdowns mm-hmm. and they blew the Cincinnati Bengals out. It, harp on the on the messed up shoulder then. Sure. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's kind of a give and take, and people can't pick and choose what they want to say. Okay, Baker Mayfield had the torn labrum. Is that a, a messed up injury for a quarterback to have? Yes, but it's not his throwing shoulder. <laughs> And I, multiple times I bring up because I am close to this injury. My brother had this injury when wow. he was here with the Knicks, and he still played through it. It was a shooting shoulder, and he still continued the year. But
0: assume st- it's a pretty hard injury to play oh, of, through. Of course, whether it is. it's in your like Throws. dominant throat shoulder oh, no. or the other one, yeah. Of course,
1: in. I'm sit, I'm not going to sit up here and say Baker Mayfield is not tough because he gutted through it and he mm-hmm. tried to step up and 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 make some some things work for the Cleveland Browns but it's not like Baker Mayfield is going into a better situation in my eyes than the Cleveland Browns. When you look at defensively the two teams, the Carolina Panthers were second in total defense last year. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns were five, fifth. They were they were fifth. Well, offensively the Cleveland Browns were way better than the, the Carolina Panthers in my eyes. You look at the running game that they had. They had three solid tight ends. You had receivers that could get it done. But then when he moves over to the Carolina Panthers, you look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who in the last two years hasn't played a lot of football. So you can't just hang your hat on and say, you know what, we're going to lean on Christian McCaffrey to do this. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, he can run the football, but he's just going into a year two. But then you look at the tight end position for the Carolina Panthers, and they have Tommy Trimble, who's a guy who can really block at the line of scrimmage and is getting better in the pass game, and he's a dog. And then they sign back Ian Thomas. But when you look at the totality of the two teams, the Cleveland Browns had a better roster than the Carolina Panthers when it's all said and done. So just to say Baker is going to move the needle that much more for the Carolina Panthers to make the playoffs is insane to me.
0: Yeah, I, I know that he didn't. And they didn't, as a collective unit, assume, you know, realize the potential that they had. He never was able to click with Jarvis Landry the way that we thought he would. He was never able to click with Odell Beckham Jr. in the same way, and that's what caused OBJ to force his way out of there midseason uh, and go to the Rams. But. The roster that he goes to now, and and we're already like assuming he's winning this quarterback job, right? Like he's there on a one-year deal. They wouldn't have made this move. Granted, they are assuming less of the salary. Like the Browns are on the hook for the majority of what Baker Mayfield is owed on that fifth-year option. And then he took a three and a half million dollar pay cut to make this happen. He can earn those back in incentives, but it's it's a low risk move for the Carolina Panthers, a team that has a head coach who's trying to save his job, potentially on his last leg as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and a group that has an owner who's growing impatient. This team is 22-43 and 43 since Dave Tepper bought the Carolina Panthers in 2018. And there was a, a lot of hype around then because Ka- uh, Cam Newton was healthy at that point. Mm-hmm. And we saw kind of like how the wheels fell off the bus when Cam Newton got hurt. Christian McCaffrey has played 10 games in the last two seasons. So it's not like he's going to a team that's a ready-made Playoff contender? Mm-hmm. Do they have pieces? Yes, but I think it's fair to say, agree to your point, that this roster is not a massive upgrade by any stretch than what Carol, what than what Cleveland's roster was when Baker Mayfield was there last season, even in the season that they went eleven and five. I think that that roster is yep. is better than Absolutely. where the Carolina Panthers are. But you know, to to the point of what Baker Mayfield brings to this team. This quarterback group last year for the Pan- for the Panthers had a collective thirty point three QBR. Baker Mayfield, in his season where he was hurt, had a thirty five point one QBR. Not that much better. Skill wise, though, I think you have a more accurate passer yes. and a more effective and efficient passer in Mayfield than you do in someone like Sam Darnold. So that should, in theory. Give you more options of what you can do with your receiving core that has DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who apparently says he now wants to play with him. He's fine with it. All bygones Uh are bygones. Um, You know, Rashard Higgins, he gets to reunite with him. Terrace Marshall Jr. So it's a good group, but I just don't know how much better this Panthers team is going to be now than when you know, then for Baker Mayfield, than then it was like, you know, in previous years, because that point you brought up about Christian McCaffrey during Baker's best season when they were 11 and five in 2020 and made the postseason, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb ran for 300, 388 times. You cannot put that same load on Christian McCaffrey and Baker Mayfield's a quarterback then in a system that's predicated off play action passes in the run game. He needs that run support. And I don't know that you can just rely on Christian McCaffrey to be there to make it happen because of the injury history.
1: I think another thing that stands out to me when you look at the Carolina Panthers it, is their offensive line. They gave up fifty two mm-hmm. sacks last year. And that was fifth in the NFL. Now, granted, they made some moves on their offensive line. They drafted Ikimi Kwanu uh with their first uh with the first pick that they had in the in the first round in this past draft that just took place. Mm-hmm. But you gotta you gotta I'm telling everybody to look at who they're playing within their first seven games. Mm-hmm. They have the Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett. Javion Clowney, they're going to be looking their chops to get at Baker Mayfield. Then you play the New York Giants. Okay, you have guys here and there. They play the New Orleans Saints. Cam Jordan, that defensive line, those guys are going to be hungry. Then they go against the 49ers. We know what that defensive mm-hmm. line did last year without even blitzing as much, um, I'll say harassing quarterbacks. And then you have the Los Angeles Rams after that. And then after that, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So just sit up here and say – that the Carolina Panthers they may start one and six to start the season, mm-hmm. Courtney, easily.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that's and that's not a great situation whether you're a new quarterback or an old quarterback to go into and you know the interior pass protection to me is still a question mark. Yes, yep. they have Austin Corbett. Yes, they have Ikey and I think those are upgrades. But how much better will that offensive line be? Because we know that that's something for Baker Mayfield he needs. Yep. Now that's, that's a huge, um, huge question mark here as we go forward in looking at what this Carolina Panthers team is going to be with Baker Mayfield as its quarterback in 2022. How does Baker Mayfield's trade to the Carolina Panthers impact Sam Darnold and new rookie quarterback Matt Corral? We'll tell you next here on Kenny and Carlin and on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. But first, Harry has this from Indeed.
1: If the July heat is making you sweat your staffing situation, then visit Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution is the number one source for hires in the U.S. According to Talent Nest, when you sponsor a job, you get a match instantly with candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you can even turn you can even earn up to five hundred dollars in sponsored job credits when you conduct virtual interviews on the website. Terms and conditions may apply. Get started at Indeed.com/credit.
0: Faces Cleveland, the rematch game of the year to kick things off. Baker Mayfield facing his former team after he was traded from Cleveland to Carolina on Wednesday. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon. So think about this, Harry. The Panthers traded away within the last two seasons. A second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth and a fourth, a fifth and a sixth. That's six picks to assemble a quarterback room that gives you Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Corral.
1: Everybody on the hot seat, Courtney. Hot (laughs) as fish grease. Everybody on the hot seat if it don't work this year. Everybody is gone. Courtney, with a capital G, gone, gone, gone.
0: I think the frustrating thing for me In Matt Rule assuming this job and all of the hype that came around him, you know, becoming the next, like, big name to make the jump from college to the NFL was that he felt like he could take maybe some shortcuts at the quarterback position. And once the Cam Newton era was over, the team looked at this and said, we're going to go try to circumvent this by getting Sam Darnold, immediately picking up his fifth-year option, which we all thought was kind of bizarre and an expensive move to make. But Rule never wanted to rebuild from ground zero with the quarterback position and teach a young quarterback how to deal with, like, you know, to take your lumps at the position. Mm -hmm. So this is the spot that they find themselves in now, where Baker Mayfield has been traded from Cleveland to Carolina – And we expect him, even though there is supposed to be a quarterback competition, we expect that he's going to win that job. He will be their starting quarterback this year. So, what does that mean now for Sam Darnold? Because there was, he got one season and he was hurt part of last year too. Like, one season to kind of reinvent himself, and clearly they saw midway through the season last year, this ain't it. This is not the right move for us <laughs> at quarterback. They saw what the Jets had seen, um, which is why they pulled off that trade. Or
1: what Sam Donald's seen, which was Ghost.
0: Ghost, yes, he did say that. Um, like, what, what's reasonable for him next? Now, like, do, he does, he's not going to be a starter in the NFL again, so, like, is he a high-grade backup?
1: I, I think so, and I think Sam Darnold missed the opportunity to become a valuable starter in the league um, last year uh-huh. in 2021. And the season started off great for him. They went 3-0, and uh, but things started to go downhill. In the next four games, he threw seven interceptions in the next four games. I know one thing. When head coaches get up there to start the week off on Wednesdays in a team meeting, and you go through offensive must, the number one thing they go through and the number one thing that they say is that we must protect the football. Mm-hmm. We cannot turn the football over. And Sam Darnold did a lot of that. And a lot of that also was caused because of the offensive line wasn't good. And once you have a guy like Sam Darnold who was shaky and didn't, I would say, didn't showcase his talents to the best of his abilities in New York with the Jets, and you get him in Carolina, that's the last thing you want a guy like Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield to be thinking about is, is my offensive line going to protect? Because now you're looking at the rush Mm -hmm. and not looking downfield to throw the football. And I thought Joe Brady and some of the things i seen in preseason, I thought it was going to be a difference for this team is because some of the things I noticed that Joe Brady did when he was there with the Carolina Panthers is got the ball out of Sam Donald's hands quick, right? Mm-hmm. Let these receivers just run. I remember they played a preseason game, and I think I, I may have counted like 10 throws that wasn't even over 10 yards for the Carolina Panthers. And I thought that's the way it was going to be, but that's not the way it transformed sure. throughout the season. So I actually think Sam Darnold missed his window to be a valuable starter. He didn't take advantage of the opportunity. And we all know when you have a valuable opportunity, it doesn't matter what's your job title and what, uh, what facet of life it is. You better make the best of it and take advantage of those situations. Cause you never know when you're going to get another one, especially in the National Football League in any professional sport because there's always someone coming behind you trying to take your job. Like, they just brought in Baker Mayfield. They didn't bring Baker Mayfield for no reason. They didn't draft Matt Corral for any reason. They drafted Matt Corral and brought in Baker Mayfield because they they feel shaky about Sam Darnold. Sure. But for him, what he should do right now is, try. number one, try his best to be the starter. And stop pressing. Don't press. Just be Sam Darnold. Now, There are question marks about that. I don't know what the hell that is because he hasn't been good since he's been in the NFL, but be the relaxed Sam Darnold. Don't be the guy that's turning the football over and he can utilize his legs. It's something he did early on in the season last year, very well, utilizing his legs and scoring touchdowns with his legs. But... I think they brought in Baker Mayfield to be the starter because you have so many guys that's on the hot seat right now.
0: So what does this quarterback competition look like? We hear publicly from the team that there will be one between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, but what do we expect to see from both? Here's Panthers.com reporter Darren Gant on the QB competition that we expect this fall. Canny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. That was Darren Gant, Panthers.com reporter on the quarterback competition that ensues in training camp between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Now, we know that I think it's more statement than it is idea that Baker Mayfield is a more accurate and a more efficient passer than Sam Darnold. But when you take a look at like their touchdown-to-interception ratios – they're both really bad. Oh! Like since 2018, Darnold leads the league with the worst touchdown-interception ratio: 54 touchdowns, 52 interceptions. And Mayfield's not far behind when you take a look at the inter- in terms of the entire ratio: 92 touchdowns to 56 interceptions. And I know it seems like a bigger gap, but like he's played more. Um, Darnold was hurt during that final season for the majority of the season with the Jets. It's not like they're that much different. It's like kind of like the more things like try to change, the more they stay the same. With what you're getting in the on-field product in terms of the risk-taking factor, Baker's going to try to air it out, and sometimes that results in interceptions, and sometimes just from Sam Darnold, just bad decision making.
1: Yes, it is. Like, same,
0: <laughs> same crazy. result, different way to get there.
1: Courtney. I know one way you can lose in the National Football League, playing 10 years in the league, one way you can lose is the plus-minus turnover differential. And if you're giving the opponent the football multiple times, the chances of you winning that football game are very slim to none. And don't mess around and be playing a team like uh, a Justin Herbert or a Buffalo Bills Mm -hmm. and and Josh Allen, teams who are going to capitalize on those turnovers. You you most definitely don't stand a chance. Sure. But you look at the teams that they play this year, man, I don't think they can afford to take care of the football. And you want to say they have to rely on the run game, but all that has to go in together. Christian McCaffrey has to be healthy. Chuba Herbert has to do his part. The offensive line has to do their part. But if you can't pass the football and then you become one, you can't be one-dimensional in today's game unless you have a guy like a Patrick Mahomes or Josh yeah, Allen. Nobody wants to get into a exactly. drop back game. No, you all can't right. do that.
0: Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. How will it work out for Baker in reviving his career? Let's go out to Coach Doc in Houston. Coach Doc, you're on ESPN radio.
4: Hey guys, how y'all doing today? We are doing, doing well. well. Uh, that's great. I've been listening to everybody uh last couple of days, uh, talking about the Baker Mayfield thing. And I as a coach you know, the locker room means a lot to me. And as a former athlete, the locker room means a lot to me. And Baker Mayfield brought a lot of his problems on himself. The night, I listened to you both. You, both of y'all touched on a lot of points that I was going to touch on. But I listened to uh, Courtney say, you know, 92 uh, touchdowns and 52 interceptions. He probably could have survived that. And he probably would still be the Browns quarterback and probably would have gotten a new contract on top of that if he was a better leader. He he doesn't lead. There's nothing. Even in college, he didn't lead. It was all about me, 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 but my talent supersedes uh, things. What I used to say about uh, uh, T.O., T.O.'s talent let him get away with a lot, but once that talent was gone, you know, it was time to hit the door, whereas you see another player of that same ilk, they have that same talent, they just keep you know going and going and going, and sort of like a Larry Fitzgerald because he was better in the locker room, he got more leeway, things like that, even though they had the same amount of talent. I love it, love you guys. Hey, man, uh, let me know what you think. We appreciate,
0: appreciate the call, thanks, coach. Um, so do you feel like he can revive his leadership? Sort of any sort of questions about that? Like, I know that Robbie Anderson, as much as he wants to walk back these comments, yeah. that he was standing up for his other quarterback, which was <laughs> Sam Darnold, and some of the uh, things that he did on Instagram and comments that he made where he doubled down and said no when someone like legitimately asked him <laughs> if he wanted Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. How does Baker walk into that locker room and win that team over?
1: I think, number one, it has to be with his play. And then a sense of humbleness. Um, And I think it's very important in the locker room. And I've seen on many occasions, uh, a guy might not be that talented, but he is a good locker room guy. So he play an extra two or three more years in the National Football League Mm -hmm. versus a guy who is very, very talented and is an a-hole. Not saying Baker's an a-hole, I'm just saying in general. And teams want to, you know, slice him and let him go. So that does hold weight and it is valuable. It was valuable to me when I played and it meant a lot to me because bad people I didn't want to play with. Or, or I called him out on the spot mm-hmm. no matter what. So it's just something that when you look at sports, you want a good locker room, you want great leaders in, in your room too.
0: Uphill battle, it seems, at least from that standpoint for yep. Baker Mayfield. But in terms of how well he's set up for success in Carolina, what is it going to take for Baker Mayfield to revive his career with the Panthers? We're going to get into that next here on Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. It's been a minute, but the Carolina Panthers have their most exciting quarterback since Cam Newton, after Baker Mayfield was traded from Cleveland to Carolina on Wednesday. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Harry Douglas, Courtney Cronin sitting in for the guys this afternoon. Let's welcome in ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky. Continue our conversation from earlier this morning on First Take, Dan. I want to ask you about like the success rate. Like what is it going to take for Baker Mayfield to be successful in Carolina when Sam Darnold could not be? And why do you think the Panthers think that he's the answer?
3: Um, well, first of all, y'all are working today, so hopefully you guys are getting uh, your proper due. Good 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 stuff. Um, I think this you know, how Baker to is and solidify and rectify the conversation or narrative around his name when it comes to what I to call it, locker room presence, leader, how people view him in the connections. solidify that, rectify it, kind of rebuild that, so to speak, and maybe get people to say, you know what, Maybe it wasn't Baker in Cleveland, or some some of the times. Maybe it was the organization. Whatever. At least you want people in the in the NFL to think that. I think on the field, you know, the reality was Sam played pretty good football for the first five games of that last season, and then Christian got hurt, and Christian's a big part of their offense, and their offensive line was really bad, and then Sam Turner started to give the ball away to the other team, way too much, and so it, it, you know Baker's success is a little bit attached to does that offensive line take the steps necessary to go from bottom four to top 16 in the league? Um, does Christian stay healthy enough for the majority of the season? Uh, and I honestly believe that if those two things happen, Baker's going to play good football. And then if he gets the solidification of his name and he plays good football again, the the league is going to go wait. In two of the last three seasons, this player's been healthy and he's played really good football when he's been healthy. Baker Mayfield is a top-12 starting quarterback, and that's what's going to happen if he plays that way.
1: Dan, I got to ask you, there's been a lot of the last few years uh, with the Carolina Panthers, a lot of QB dysfunction. When you look at that organization, who do you point at or who's to take the blame for that dysfunction at the quarterback position?
3: Um, I think it starts with the the lack of – well, you'd point to the general manager's drafting, you know. I mean, Harry, you know this, and I, and I said this this morning, like I, I love quarterbacks as much as anybody else. I know I love being the center of attention. I love being the guy, all that stuff. And we all think it's only quarterbacks. But if I don't have an offensive line to block, I don't care how good I am. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have receivers who can get open and do something with the ball, I don't care how well I throw. You know, and and I kind of say this all the time to people, and we still don't pay attention to it enough. Name me the last quarterback that was drafted in the top five of the NFL draft that flipped a bad organization. Because what happened was Carolina drafted Cam, and all of a sudden it started to turn, right? They had the MVP season 2015, and then they started to draft poorly again. And they, they started to not supplement the roster in the necessary ways to build around that superstar talent long-term. And I think that, you know, when you miss on quarterbacks and you think that they're the only answer, you start swinging at other pieces of your football team and taking more risks, and that leads to more misses.
0: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. We're talking with Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst here on Canty and Carlin. Is it fair to say that the reason Baker Mayfield did not work out in Cleveland in large part is due to timing?
3: Um, yeah, I think you could you could probably use that as a part of the conversation. Uh, I think part of the reason why Baker didn't work out in Cleveland was um, the reality of what the AFC is, and that goes back to the timing. I honestly believe this. If you're a team, and I said this last year, if you're a team and you don't have a quarterback that you think that can go toe-to-toe with, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. um, I think those are the – oh, Russell Wilson. If you don't have a guy like that, you don't stand a chance. Because the thing is, those guys all have good teams as well. Like Cincinnati's good. Baltimore's good. The Chargers are good. Buffalo's good. Denver's good. So they got really good rosters and really good quarterbacks. And I think for Cleveland, you're sitting there going, we got a really good roster – we don't have a quarterback that we think we can, that, that can go face-to-face with those guys. So I think that's part of the equation. Certainly the timing of his injury hurt in the expectations of last year. Uh, and then sometimes, like, and this is partly on Baker, probably more on Baker. you got to get along with your head coach. Your head coach has got to be a dead set lockstep with you. And I don't think that happened in Cleveland.
0: And, of course, as we start to see the the behind-the-scenes aspect of how this trade was pulled off, more is being uh, brought to the light between the coaching staff and maybe a lack of trust on both sides, Baker Mayfield and the Browns coaching staff, notably head coach Kevin Stefanski at the center of that as well. He is Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst. You can also catch him on NFL Live weekdays, 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Dan, thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Coming up next, Brittany Greiner has pled guilty to drug charges in Russia. What could this mean for her return to the United States? We'll get into that next. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app.
2: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for Candy and Carlin ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. So, Harry deserves dad of the year and husband of the year for what he pulled off yesterday and what he was able to pull off today. So, it was your anniversary yesterday and your son's birthday. I remember, like, when I heard we were going to do the show together, you know, I flew out yesterday to get here and. You know, I was thinking, okay, Harry's going to get in town. Like, um, you know, we'll, we'll both, like, see each other last night. And then I'm like, look at his Instagram. He's still in Atlanta. Um, so I thought maybe we were doing the show, like, you in Atlanta today, me in New York. And first take, how did you get here? Like, because I've, I've tried to do those late night flights, and that's tough.
1: Yeah, I caught a late night flight, like, 930. Um, so I landed. We landed a little late, actually, because we were on the runway for a little while. So I actually didn't get into the bed until, like, 1 a.m., Um. But granted, though, I'm glad it's like stuff that I had already been talking about Mm -hmm. uh, on on, on ESPN radio uh, a few days prior. But I got to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out to my amazing wife, because uh, that's why it's important to marry someone who understands you and what makes you happy and vice versa. I'm the same way when it comes to her and her profession. But she understands my job. And even though our anniversary was yesterday, our ninth, ninth anniversary, and then my son turned three as well. So all day long I'm doing stuff with them. Uh, me and her, we, we went to breakfast, we went to the movies, we're doing stuff constantly, we're celebrating my son. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I got to hone in on some of my stuff too as well because I have to work. But she allowed me to do it, and even my son and my kids, they allowed me to do it. And then my nieces and nephews are all at my house as well. So uh, shout out to everybody for giving me that space to be able to work. But I'll tell you this, family's everything to me. Sure. So I would never discredit them. So I wanted to make sure I gave my wife and my son a shout out, and my nieces and nephews and my daughter for allowing me that space to be able to get ready for today. So
0: how do you balance anniversary and birthday? Because it's not like you can like go off on a trip because then your son's gonna be like, what the heck?
1: So here's the my thing. birthday. So we had my son's birthday party. I landed back from Alaska on Saturday morning. We had his birthday party on Saturday. I was already four hours behind. Uh my wife, we celebrated on our anniversary yesterday, so we're going to take a trip in between when I'm not working, which is a lot, but we're going to figure it out. Literally all We're going to figure it out. (laughs) We're going to figure it out.
0: Well, soon we're going to get to talk about the fish that you caught in Alaska. Yes. You had a big haul, which this is like your, this is your big trip this summer. I know you're going to Columbia. Like Harry's, Harry's travel adventures are more exciting than anything, I promise you, that you guys have heard. (laughs) We're going to get into those, but man, you have, you have pulled it all off. You make me tired. Like, trying to, like, wrap my head around how you're able to do all of these things and fit everything into 24 hours. It's truly remarkable. News regarding WNBA superstar Brittany Griner. She has pled guilty to bringing hashish oil into Russia. She is facing 10 years in prison if she is convicted of what has been deemed large-scale transportation of drugs by Russian authorities. Griner has been in custody in Russia. Since the end of February, and now we wait to see what's next. Her next trial date is July 14th, so a week from right now. The saga involving the WNBA's face of the sport continues on as we try to figure out what's next, when Brittany Griner can possibly return to the United States. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney and Harry Douglas with you as always courtesy of progressive insurance let's hear from tj quinn espn investigative reporter on how the legal process has played out for britney Griner following today's developments
3: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: That was TJ Quinn, ESPN investigative reporter, breaking down the details of why Brittany Gartner pleaded guilty. And kind of what I take from that, Harry, is that she had to because of Russian laws. Like we cannot apply logic that we know about the legal system here in the United States to what is going on with Brittany Griner in Russia. She had to plead guilty in order to, to plead her case and now take the next step, which likely could be a prisoner swap Brittany Griner for someone that Russia wants Uh, released from the United States in the custody here. She said earlier, speaking to the court, quote, I'd like to plead guilty, Your Honor, but there was no intent. I did not want to break the law. What Russian authorities said was 0.7 grams of hashish oil, which is a very small amount, which they are equating to, you know, large scale drug trafficking, More or less. So I'm not a lawyer, Amber Wilson. I usually leave that up to her when she's hosting Candy and Carlin with us. But it feels like as much as we are now starting to hear about this much more every single day. It's been months and it took us basically until the beginning, late June, for us to talk about this on an everyday basis. There's a long way to go before we know whether Brittany Griner's going to come home.
1: It is. And and her pleading guilty, I call it survival of the fittest because Mm -hmm. she did what she had to do to survive and possibly get things, get the ball rolling a lot faster. And I just want to say to the Biden administration, and I know Joe Biden, I think he talked to uh, Brittany Grant, a significant other.
0: Sure, but yep. they need
1: to do everything in their power to make sure that she comes home and she's here with the rest of us in the United States because she is an American and she means so much to uh, so many of us. But for her to be over there that long for that amount of, <laughs> t- t- listen, that's, that, that's insane to me. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's a vape cartridge, yeah. which in many states, the United States is legal. But again, it's Russia. These yep. are their laws, and, and they're claiming that this is something that is a very big deal to them. Now, obviously.
1: When a lot of other crazy things the, in Russia go on, but we're not even going to get into that. This
0: happened. This was right as Russia was invading Ukraine. So it certainly feels like. Brittany Griner is a pawn in a political issue here yep. for for Russia as as they're trying to probably hold some leverage over the United States. We do know that Brittany Griner wrote a letter to President Joe Biden where she said that she might be t- she's terrified she might be in Russia forever, which is a really harrowing thing to think about because you have the power of the United States government to speak on your behalf and try to leverage something on your behalf to, to get you home. And it's not just a snap of the fingers. Like I think people forget and don't realize that it's not like the United States can just go like break into Russia process. and break her out. It's like a process. it's a long process. And you know, you got to feel for her wife, Sherelle Greiner, because there was a botched phone call with the embassy. Like they have not talking, they have not spoken. Um, Since this whole thing went down and they were supposed to speak, but there was poor staffing or something at the embassy in Russia and they weren't able to answer the phone call. Another thing
1: that bothered me, too.
0: It's just it's one thing after the other. And I think that if you're Brittany Griner, like you've got to be thinking about this whole thing in the outside world and like how much longer, how much more pressure can you put on the Biden administration? Like, I don't know if she's aware of, like, how often this is being talked about here now and, you know, what realistically we can expect our government to do in the short term to try to get her home.
1: The one thing I don't want Brittany Griner to do is lose hope, right? That that Because when you're in situations like that and then you don't see any light uh, right now in the tunnel and everything's, uh is, is dark to you, uh, people, they tend to lose hope. I don't want her to lose hope. And I do want her to know that people over here in the United States are fighting for her every mm-hmm. single day.
0: Yeah, and... We've made the we've made the point that if this was LeBron James, if this was Tom Brady, if this was an, a male, in
1: they would have been home. I'm not even going. They would yeah, have
0: been home. Like, and I know there are a lot of people who say, "Well, laws are laws, whatever." Like, let's be serious. But yes. Like, let's let's look at this through like a realistic perspective. Like, now it's got the attention it deserves. Like, it didn't have this attention when this was just starting back in February and March. Will more attention on this actually trigger something from happening? I mean, as prisoner swaps are apparently very difficult to happen between you know countries that don't exactly like each other all that much, the United States and Russia, so I guess we'll see. I just really hope for her sake that this is able to get over sooner rather than later, but just hearing from T.J. Quinn doesn't sound like that is in the cards for Brittany Griner just yet.